we want to have the nuclear power plant up and running uh, by 2034. And therefore, the target is that uh, we should start construction by 2027. As we do this, we are actually focusing on the best interest of Kenya. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the AfriNuke podcast. This podcast is about nuclear technology using the African voice. And on today's episode, we have a seasoned professional, the newly substantive um, CEO of uh, nuclear power and energy company in uh, Kenya, Nupia. So I want to have and believe that um, we are in a kind of nuclear renaissance and Africa cannot be left out whereas this is um, happening in our world today. And that is why I thought it wise to bring on a very important guest uh, who is a very strong and relevant stakeholder to tell us about the progress of Kenya in the nuclear technology space. And hopefully, we, we, I'm very, very confident that um, Kenya will motivate a lot of other African countries by showing a very big surprise of what they can do. And so I want to welcome today Mr. Justus Wabuyabo to this um, special episode of um, the AfriNuke podcast to talk about the Africa's nuclear renaissance, Kenya's position. As a way of introduction, Mr. Justus, permit me to use the name Justus as we go on in the conversation. Can you tell us um, a little bit about yourself and um, and what you do? Thank you very much, Jeremiah, for having me. And uh, good morning, uh, everyone. Uh, it's very nice to be on the on, on this show this morning, uh, talking about the African nuclear renaissance. Uh, as as you mentioned, my name is uh, Justas Wabuyabo. Uh, I am the CEO of Nuclear Power and Energy Agency. Nuclear Power and Energy Agency, in short, NUPEA, uh, is a, a state corporation established under the Energy Act uh, within the, the Ministry of Energy and Petroleum, and specifically the Department of Energy. And the main mandate of NUPEA is to be the nuclear energy program implementing organization for Kenya. I, ideally, to to guide uh, the country uh, towards the process of of uh, uh, starting the project for generating nuclear electric uh, generating electricity through nuclear technology. The organization has been in existence from the year 2010, carrying out a number of. Uh, initiatives to prepare the country in that regard and some of the important activities that the agency has undertaken is to carry out a pre-feasibility study for the nuclear uh, project for the country and has also conducted what we call the strategic environmental social assessment exercise which looks at how the nuclear project will be delivered in the country, looking around to see what the views of Kenyans are on the project, what the cost will be, sensitizing people about what the project will all be about, and also discussing with the policy makers and decision makers of how the project and the general the program will be funded and financed. So basically, those are the things that we have done. And, uh, and uh, other, other initiatives is also to develop the seed a human resource capital that will actually be able to to run the program once it's up and running 
Fantastic. Thank you, Jeremiah. Fantastic. I mean, like, I'm so impressed with the enormity of work that you you have to do and how interesting it is to coordinate this great task. I guess you are like, you know, there is a proverb in my place that you said that um, only easy lies the head that wears the crown. I don't know if that proverb applies to you, but I'm very confident that you have what it takes to pilot these affairs and make Africa proud once again. And um, recently, after COP28, there is a new push for increasing nuclear capacity and new embankments. And a few African countries were there at uh, COP28, making a very strong position, thanks to Kenya's government for making um, their pavilion available for nuclear advocates to come and make some um, very interesting sessions advocating for nuclear. Do you think this is coming at the right time for your country? I mean, like this um, push for increasing nuclear capacity, do you think it's coming at the right time for Kenya? Yes, thank you, Jeremiah. And that is a very uh, important question uh, for me uh, because uh, um, uh, Kenya is is a country that uh, is determined to raise the the quality of life of its people. And uh, we have in our country a vision uh, we call Vision 2030, which aims to move Kenya uh, into a a developing country. And uh, of course, that will involve getting the country industrialized. We will need more factories, which 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 will do commodities value addition, so that the country is not only exporting uh, raw materials to other parts of the world and then importing back uh, finished products, uh, which are more expensive and therefore affecting the country's uh, forex balance. And also, it's it's natural that uh, when we export raw materials and finish uh, import finished raw, raw products, we're actually creating employment in other parts of the world. And 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 therefore, to support this growth and development, the country needs increased uh, electricity. And and also going by the fact that uh, uh, there's a need for clean energy, as you may know, our president, uh, His Excellency uh, Dr. William Ruto, is a uh, a great champion for for issues of climate change and our country was very proud to hold the first Africa climate summit in last year and and therefore nuclear being a source of um, stable electricity base load uh, is is very attractive for us and uh, uh, that declaration of COP28 was very important for us so that um, as other countries are looking for clean energy we are also looking at uh, nuclear to provide for us with that clean energy. Fantastic. Thank you, Jeremiah. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, I'm quite very much impressed because the national position of Kenya, it's very broad. And recently, Kenya has opened its um, doors, showing more humanity than some people. I, w- I would not want to name, <laughs> name people, but uh, Kenya has shown leadership by in the first place, allowing people into its place, into its borders, and Africans more especially can have free movement. When people can move freely, it opens up your economy to a lot of opportunities. And thanks to the government of Kenya for realizing and also recognizing the need for nuclear, because when people begin to move in and out of Kenya in massive numbers, there will be invariably a very high need for energy and 
there is nothing as good as just adopting nuclear to meet that um, growing need that we will see. And yeah, in addition to that, um, as the leader of the nuclear uh, agency in Kenya, uh, what is Kenya's nuclear vision and how far has it gone in this um, meeting or getting close to this vision so far? Thank you very much. Kenya's uh, a vision for having uh, nuclear as a, a generator of electricity, as I mentioned, uh, was uh, started in uh, the year 2010. And uh, at that time, we were projecting to to have uh, the country start uh, generating electricity from nuclear in the year 2027. But because of uh, uh, various uh, issues, that program was uh, pushed back to 2036. But uh, again, the new administration of uh, President William Ruto has actually looked at the issue and, 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 and feel strongly that um, we need to bring the that debt closer and and therefore we are actually now working at uh, at a, a program which will see the country have its first nuclear plants by 2034 and we are even thinking that it will be earlier and the plan is that we should start a process of uh, construction in 2027 but as you know jeremiah that uh, a nuclear uh, plant is is not a small project. Yeah. It requires a lot of planning, and and even after construction has begun, it takes a number of years. Yeah. From the year 2026, we hope to start the process of of bidding. As you may know, this technology is um, largely and uh, not available in Africa. Uh, we will have to look for this technology from uh, countries that are advanced and actually have it, like the United States of America, China. Uh, Russia, France, uh, Korea, and, and so forth. And therefore, we are on track. And uh, I'm happy to say that we, as an agency, we are great, getting a lot of support from, from the government. Yeah. And taking advantage of that support, we want to work uh, around the clock to ensure that uh, we are able to deliver on the mandate on time so that um, uh, Kenya and, and, and African countries are able to take advantage of this technology that has been utilized by, by the developed countries for 50, 60 years. And, and uh, we really are behind schedule. And uh, I think Africa must now rise to the occasion and also take advantage of uh, the knowledge and technology that uh, is already available for use by humanity. Fantastic. And I must comment that being able to make collection of this select i mean like technologies and ideas from people who are advanced and gone way higher than us we give us an opportunity to learn from the lessons that um, maybe some failures or some shortcomings that may have existed in those technology and further go further by i mean like in creating our own maybe more robust technology or more robust um, for modifications and make us uh, better placed. And I see Africa as this um, place where we will have a kind of uh, potpourri of different kinds of technology coming to display the abilities they have to, to, to show and um, advance us eventually. So uh, everyone, welcome to AfriNuke Podcast. On today's episode, we have Mr. Justus Wabuyabo, the CEO of Nuclear, Nuclear Power Agency in Kenya, Nupia. And um, on today's episode, 
we will have a session of question and answers. So if you have some questions, please put them in the chat box and I and my co-host Neka Geraldine will attend to it. And I can see Neka is here. So in continuation of our discussion, we have already talked about um, uh, what COP28 brought to us and um, the push by Kenyan government to um, host the first nuclear um, climate summit in Kenya last year. And that's a very big show of leadership and we are very proud of it. Going further, Nigeria, I would like to draw your attention, uh, has abundant oil and gas. Kenya, I was there last year. Nature has endowed us in Africa with abundant resources. Both uranium, which is the fuel for a nuclear power plant, and geothermal, which produces enough abundant energy. Oil and gas, like you can find in Nigeria and most other African countries like Angola and even in Kenya, we can get enough energy from these conventional sources. So why nuclear for us in Africa? And specifically, why nuclear for Kenya, Mr. Justice? Thank you. And, and and that is a very, very important question. It's a question I meet uh, a number of times, and it is uh, a question that um, we have to actually address. Uh, first of all, I must be very categorical that um, a nuclear is not coming to compete with other sources of energy. Uh, rather, nuclear is actually coming to complement other sources of energy. And uh, we really thank God for the blessings we have to have a geothermal. Uh, but uh, Jeremiah, we must recognize that uh, these sources are not infinite. They, and also, when you're planning, you cannot depend on only one source. There's, it's very important to diversify. Uh, and therefore, as a country that plans for, for its future, we are thinking into the future and saying that uh, as a way of planning, we must be able to project what our energy needs are and plan of how we are going to satisfy them. And therefore, the introduction of nuclear is not to say that any, any the other sources, especially the geothermal, are, have any problem. It's just to say that uh, for us to be energy secure, we must plan to ensure that we have other sources that will be able to address our energy needs in the future. And therefore, as a country, we have actually been able to determine that nuclear will be a useful source of energy for us for a number of reasons, because uh, like geothermal, it actually provides us best load and will be able to actually nuclear energy is very climate friendly because it has a very small, small uh, carbon footprint. And therefore, it addresses also the issues of climate change as we satisfy the energy needs of the country. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you so much, Mr. Justice, for being on the Afrinu podcast. We know how demanding nuclear power and nuclear vision can be. Uh, it's good to see how you reaffirmed Kenya's commitment to nuclear energy, despite having abundance of geothermal and uh, other sources of renewable energy. So what are challenges are there for Kenya? You know, especially the case of infrastructure. We know how time-consuming that can be. Uh, the case of financing, we know how much limited options we have when it comes to financing nuclear projects. So what are those challenges and others, and how is Kenya's vision addressing them? And thank you very much. Thank you very much for that question. And uh, it's a very important question. Uh, 
first of all, it is true that um, a nuclear project is a very expensive venture. The projections are that a nuclear power plant uh, to generate uh, 1,000 megawatts will cost uh, upwards of uh, five five billion U- U.S. dollars, and that is wow. really that's really a big cost, and uh, we are not uh, lost to that fact. But then uh, we have to recognize that um, the expense, notwithstanding, we must be able to actually work around to finance project projects that will support our development as a country. And one of the functions that uh, my agency is actually involved in is to to work around with all Kenyans, uh, the policymakers, the citizens, and uh, other stakeholders to find ways in which the project will be financed. And there are a number of options that are, are available, and we will explore them. Uh, lo- look at the pros and cons, and we will be talking to to different partners who can who, who can respond to our specific needs to see how they can work with us to deliver that project. And the thing is this: that uh, yes, uh, a nuclear project is expensive, but what the benefits that it will produce are numerous. As I've already mentioned, it will allow us to to do commodities value addition at home and therefore not depend on uh, importing finished products, but uh, actually enable the country to do exports of uh, finished products and therefore produce a balance of forex, forex, foreign exchange uh, in the country. It will create many jobs for Kenyans. It will also ensure that uh, the living standards of our people are actually uh, improved and so forth. So the, there are many, many benefits that will come with that development. And we've also had preliminary studies on um, what this will mean, because a nuclear power plant will operate uh, between 60 and 80 years. And uh, we are looking at the cost that is going to be put in. And when it is utilized maximally, project that uh, the plant will pay itself off within 17 to 20 years. And therefore, you have a bonus... And you have a bonus of 63 to 60 years that uh, you will then enjoy the benefit of that uh, infrastructure development. Then there's uh, the issue of infrastructure. We uh, will actually have to upgrade our our grid so that it's able to to manage the, the energy that will be to evacuate the energy that will be generated from that plant. And those are actually things that will work with the other government agencies and uh, even the private sector to be able to deliver on that. Another issue that has been of concern to us has actually been uh, the issue of uh, stakeholder engagement, which has uh, weighed on us quite a bit. And uh, we we need to get as many Kenyans as possible to understand the issues around the, the nuclear project so that we are open and putting everything on the table so that everyone is able to understand what are the advantages and what are the the risks that are in place and and how are we going to address them as a people uh when it comes to a nuclear power program you cannot you cannot uh, afford to be smart so to speak mm. we must all engage the population oh. and uh, get them to know what is in need for them the concerns they have and therefore we address them on the table so that we are able to move forward uh together thank you Perfect, perfect. I think it's it's most interesting to know that uh, a good uh, feasibility study has been done, and 17 years has been uh, projected to be to recoup whatever will be spent on construction of a nuclear power plant. 
and that's a whole lot of profit afterwards to to enjoy yes. so when people talk about how expensive it is to build i think we need to let them know that in the long run we are even benefiting because if after okay. 17 years for a 60 years lifespan we are going to just enjoy without having to worry about our initial investment cost that yes it's a very good one so okay. um there are other applications of nuclear energy the the non power application from medicine to research to agriculture yep. and uh, other things what is uh, what are these opportunities in in it for kenya in entirely in nuclear science and technology how far has kenya explored other non power application of nuclear science and technology thank you very much and uh, it's an important uh, issue that we need to actually make our viewers and listeners aware that uh, there are other non power applications of, of nuclear technology which have been in use for ages uh you point out very well that uh nuclear technology is uh, utilized in uh, in medicine in diagnosis of um, cancer and uh, and early diagnosis of uh, cancer and, and, and other diseases and their treatment we also use nuclear technology in uh, in research and training and uh, and also agriculture iea has a project known as uh, atoms for food which uh, utilizes nuclear technology to uh, develop high yielding crops that are drought resistant and that uh, have high nutritive value the iea also has a project known as uh, new tech that is utilized plastic pollution in 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 our seas and and therefore nuclear technology is uh, really useful in other spheres and uh, we must uh, use it in that regard hello yep okay so thank you that interesting that kenya is also not leaving out the other parts of the other advantages of nuclear science and technology so what roles is kenya playing in terms of international uh, partnership and cooperation with the entire international community and organizations i came across an article on kenya nuclear um, energy plan that talks about how it has spread its tentacles so can you go elaborate i would love to hear more from the horse's mouth how much have kenya done who and who to to the extent you are willing to share who and who is Kenya partnering with in terms of construction safety assessment feasibility studies and everything that comes with owning a nuclear power generation plant okay thank you very much as you are aware Kenya is a member of the international atomic energy agency this membership has been Kenya joined the IEA from 1965 and according to IEA guidelines uh, newcomer countries are actually encouraged to to have uh, partnerships with uh, with other countries and this partnership is attained through multilateralism and bilateralism and uh, i can say with confidence that kenya uh, has been very open reaching out to partners across the globe we are working at, at arms length with uh, different countries as you are aware kenya is a country that um, as is actually an open society and 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 we are dealing as i mentioned earlier we are dealing with uh, with other other countries and uh, in this dealing the main uh, interest of kenya is to look out for its interests as a country 
we will be looking for a partner that uh, will walk with us through the journey, a partner that will listen to our concerns, and a partner that will not come with 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 a, a fixed mind dictating uh, what they think is right. We will work with a partner that uh, actually listens to what issues we have. And therefore, uh, I can say with confidence that we have worked with the Americans, we have worked with the Koreans, we have, we have engaged with the Chinese, we have engaged with the French, we have an, uh, an interactions there with the Russians. And at the end of the day, as I've said, we will actually be able to choose the right partner based on our interests as a country and not the interests of uh, the other parties. So as we do this, we will actually be looking out for the interests of our country, which partner will be able to support us in the, in, in the right technology, which partner will be able to uh, allow transfer of technology, train our people, and, and do everything that will be for the benefit of, of Kenya in the, in the, in the achievement of uh, the nuclear power project. I, I specifically love it and I think it's very important that you are putting the interest of Kenya and Kenyans in the front burner when it comes to procurement of uh, a nuclear power plant. It yes. shows a lot of goodwill and commitment from your side. And I want to thank you. I'm sure on behalf of the Kenyans, they, 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 they will accept my my gratitude to you for putting the interest of the country in the front burner so that it's not just going to be about profits for, for whoever is the vendor, but it just is going to be mainly about the safety, the security, and every advantages Kenya can get from the deployment of a nuclear power plant. Correct. So um, in terms of safety and uh, security, you know, when it comes to nuclear power generation, a whole lot of eyebrows are raised when it comes to safety and security and even safeguard. So how much commitment is your organization and the entire Kenyan government is putting forward to, to align with international standards and, and best practices? Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Kenya, Kenya as a member of uh, the international community, and I can say without, without any fear that Kenya is a, a very responsible member of the international community. And therefore, as um, we, do, we, do, we, we do this project, we will actually follow as closely as possible the guidelines set out by the International Atomic Energy Agency under the 19th infrastructure issues. And uh, particularly in, in regard to your question, we will ensure that we set in place an appropriate legal framework that will support the nuclear program and also have an appropriate regulatory framework that will ensure that uh, there will be no cases where the project will pose any danger to the people, to the environment. So in doing that, we will follow the guidelines set by, by the IEA and ensure that uh, we uh, make sure that uh, any legal instruments that are required to be put in place are put in place. My organization is working with the executive, the Kenyan executive and parliament to ensure that we have appropriate national laws and we have adhered to international uh, instruments that uh, will guarantee the safety and security of the nuclear program. And therefore, in, in all this, 
we will not move until we are sure that the safety of uh, the people and the environment is at the forefront. And I can assure uh, Kenyans that um, uh, our government it will work to ensure that their lives and property and the environment will be safeguarded as the project is implemented. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. Okay, that's that's good. So, um, in terms of public engagement, just like you you are here assuring Kenyans that you you have their their safety and their security at heart. How much effort is your agency putting? Because you can't set up a nuclear power plant without duly getting the public to accept what you are offering. We know how a, low, a, whole, a whole lot of misconception is uh, it's affecting the industry, especially when people go back and hold on to Fukushima. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big problem for for the professionals like us in the industry. So what effort is your agency putting to get the public on your side as you begin this deployment? Uh, thank you very much. The Kenyan government is committed to ensuring that all the information that uh, is required about the, this project is available to the public. And through my organization, we are engaging Kenyans. And uh, my country is actually divided into 47 counties. And uh, even though we will... Uh, site or uh, construct the nuclear uh, plant in, in one or two counties, our strategy is to engage all Kenyans across board. And uh, the engagement is to ensure that all Kenyans across the 48 countries are, are, are made aware of, of this program. And therefore, our engagement is across board. We are engaging um, the people directly through public forums. We are engaging them through uh, print and electronic media. We are engaging them through uh, social platforms. And we are engaging them even in their, in their private and social spaces, such as private members club, where sometimes we get an opportunity to join private members clubs and, uh, and, and, and send out our message. And uh, we will ensure that all the information that is required to be available shall be availed. And we will listen to both the uh, dissenting or opposing voices and also the, the voices in support of it so that people are actually uh, able to express themselves from an informed position. We know that uh, in the nuclear space, uh, sometimes there are people who will, for uh, different motivations, spread information that uh, is is to to, to to inflame passions amongst people against the nuclear project but uh, we want to go with science we want to go with science and, uh, and, and 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 statistics and we need people to know the facts for example people need to know that uh, nuclear the nuclear nuclear plants are very safe you actually very safe in a nuclear power plant and what 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 are some of the things we are doing we actually planning to take and we've actually done it taking uh, Kenyans uh, both policymakers and uh, private citizens to be able to go to countries where there are nuclear power plants and actually be able to go to a nuclear power plant and see for themselves how they work and know that these are very uh, safe developments okay that that's perfect it's it's good that your organization is out to to counter the misinformations and educate the public properly on why they should go with science and not just imagination. So I know I believe so much I have come across a lot of 
Kenyans in this industry. So that goes to show how much effort the country and your agency has put into human capacity development, both foreign trained and uh, locally trained. So in terms of inclusion and diversity, how much commitment or how much the country and your agency has put into human capacity development. So in terms of inclusion and diversity, in bringing in the underrepresented gender in us, <laughs> so how much has the country and your agency done to, to ensure a balance in the gender representation in the nuclear industry in Kenya? Thank you very much. Uh, nuclear nuclear is, is for everyone and way the director general of the IEA, Mr. Rafael Rossi, has approached it. We must ensure that um, we bring in everyone, especially women. In Kenya, we actually have a association known as Women in Nuclear, which in which we are encouraging women to, to be in this space. As an organization, we are actually also going around the country and working with schools to to ensure that uh, uh, we encourage uh, young women to to take up uh, STEM subjects so that uh, they are able to join the space of nuclear. We are also actually taking a deliberate affirmative action to ensure that uh, women are actually part of part of the process. We will not leave anyone behind because we have to move all all, all of us together. But uh, also in in other other spaces. We are actually also ensuring that we are working with all communities to ensure that all the minorities are also actually part of the, the process. And that will be the deliberate effort that we are going to pursue to ensure that everyone is on board this project. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Justice. It has been a quite informative and scintillating session with you. You have really proved your mettle for being at the position and the helm of affairs at Nupier. As a way of winding down, for everybody, please, on this podcast and on this um, live session, if you have any question, please put down the question in the chat box so that um, Neka will come back and take the questions um, to Mr. Justice. As a way of winding down, you are kind of an icon in the industry and a lot of young people. You know, Africa boasts of having the biggest young population in, in the world. And a lot of people are looking up to you and also leaders in the industries as role models. Uh, do you have kind of any role model? Because I'm sure you have also progressed from like young age to this level and you have gone through different levels and processes of becoming who you are right now. And do you have any role model and how have that impacted your career? Would you be open to mentoring upcoming young professionals as well, Mr. Justice? Thank you very much. Uh, I'm very short of role models and my my model, and I'm sure many people in the world have the same role model like me, uh, is uh, Nelson Mandela. So it's, it sounds like a cliche, but uh, that is one of the greatest men that ever lived. And uh, uh, the problem with having a remote role model is that uh, he's more of a god and you don't get to see every side of him. But uh, that is my role model. And for me, what I get from him is that it is it, love is natural, but hate has to be learned. And, and therefore, as as uh, members of the human community, we should actually be after what is natural and we should love one another and uh, make available the knowledge and technology God has, has uh, made uh, uh, available to us to be used to improve the lives of people so that uh, the lives of every person on the planet 
is is a life of dignity and we should not hold back or hold te- technology for whatever reason and yes as you um, i also want to to mentor young people i've been lucky that in my career i've had the chance to be a scholar and a teacher of law and therefore i've, I've had to train and, and mentor many many legal minds and uh, i have many who actually look up to me and in the technology space i want to be someone who can actually uh, lead by example i went i was i went to a school where we had our, our leader he was called uh, dr griffin and uh, the greatest example he taught us that when you're given a task do it so well so that someone coming to look at it actually to use his words he said when you're given a cup clean it so well that uh, when someone comes along he will know that there was someone here who was a good cup cleaner so when when you get an opportunity do do it so well that someone coming after you will know that here was a skilled worker so i would like to be able to to be that uh, role model to to young persons so that uh, they 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 develop that kind of work ethic so that when you have a chance to serve you serve so well that others will actually emulate the kind of service Thank you. Asante sana umenena viema. And I'm sure some, Asante. Yeah, I'm very sure that um, as we have more sessions with our uh, our Kenyan guests, some of us in the audience we pick some Swahili. Those who are not um, Swahili speakers. So and I'm seeing that Swahili will become a very major kind of lingua franca in Africa. So yeah, always um, keep your ears and um, focus to the east <laughs> so now uh, okay. I, will, I will hand it over to um, Neka to take some questions and answer I can see a lot of people are asking some interesting questions and I hope that we can capture them within the bounds of time we just have about five minutes to get those questions and answer done and then we conclude for the day so Neka take it from me thanks Neka, are you there? Hello, Neka. Okay. All right. Uh, seems Neka is not here. I will just take the questions and answers. Okay. So someone is asking. Okay. Uh, Neka is. I think the network cut her off temporarily. She's joining in. Okay, so uh, I will take the question because she may have lost the the loop of the question. So someone is asking, has Kenya chosen a site uh, uh, for the uh, nuclear power plant? Uh, you talked about one or two sites. So someone wants to uh, know if Kenya has um, uh, made a site selection, if that's the right word. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, Kenya has already uh, made uh, preliminary site selections. Uh, what we've done is that uh, we've been able to to look at uh, the country and mapped it out, and uh, using criteria that um, uh, is applied in this in these issues, we have actually been able to select a site uh, in Kilifi at the coast and we have an alternative site in Kwale. So uh, once uh, 
this is a preliminary site selection. What will follow is that we will carry out what is known as detailed site characterization before we make a conclusion of the exact site where the nuclear power plant will be located. Thank you. All right. Um, thank you for that answer. Someone else, uh, Musira Ngang, uh, is asking, what is the motivation behind uh, this nuclear appetite if we have other options that meet our energy demand? I guess you came late because he, he touched on that in the course of the conversation. So would you still go after yeah. nuclear energy? So I think you can just listen up to the podcast. It will be posted um, before this week runs out. Uh, it will come online. So you can just go ahead and listen to the podcast so you can get answer to that. So and Hannah Wamui, please, you can post your questions because I've lost them in the thread. So if you can just uh, post them again so that I, I will find it and um, answer. So what is the opportunity cost in setting up the project? Is the project um, like she's trying to know the opportunity cost and how um, it is financially viable for your country? Yes, Mr. Justice. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, we also mentioned this, that uh, a nuclear power plant is an expensive venture, but uh, we also pointed out that um, uh, we've carried out estimations and studies and, and determined that um, whereas the cost is uh, quite expensive, it's a project that uh, is able to pay itself off within 17 to 20 years, whereas it is it can be utilized for about eight years. So you have a benefit of about... Uh, 63 years that is really bonus for the country. Thank you very much. Jacob Akinala is asking, NUP has nuclear environmental and social impact assessment study been conducted for the proposed nuclear energy plant? Thank you very much. Uh, that's an important question. What I will say is that that is, no, that has not been done, but that is going to be done. What we've done is is a strategic environmental and social assessment. This, this is a bit of a helicopter. It is a general view. But once we'll have um, done detailed site characterization and identified the site that uh, the nuclear power plant will be done, then at that point, we will carry out the environmental impact assessment exercise. Thank you very much. Mr. Justus, this should be the second to the last question. Wakungwa Wasakwa is asking, what is NUPIA engagement with universities to build capacity for technical and safety matters in the nuclear power plant from um, Masinde Moliro University of Science and Technology? Thank you. Thank you very much for that question, uh, uh, Mr. Sakwa, and a very important question. Generally, what has happened is that so far what the country has done is that we've generally tended to take our people to overseas for training, but we can only do so much because at the end of the day, we cannot take uh, the whole workforce that will work in the nuclear industry training abroad. First of all, it's very expensive and, and, and even generally, you know, extracting people from their natural environment to take them to another environment for three, four years to learn is, 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 is something that can be a, a big toll. What we are doing is that um, now that we have a seed human capital that has been trained, uh, we want to actually use them as, if, if you like, trainers of trainers. So what we want to do is that we want now to domesticate the training. And uh, going forward, we will be having engagements. Actually, we've already started having engagements with universities and uh, polytechnics so that we are 
we're going to be able to develop curriculum for training locally. As you know, um, the welders that will be used in the, in the nuclear industry, uh, the electricians, the plumbers, and so forth, are just the normal plumbers. But the only thing that we require is that we'll need to upscale their, their training. And therefore, we will work with the universities, polytechnics, and uh, TVET to be able to, to develop that uh, curriculum for training locally. And uh, I can say with confidence that uh, uh, Masinde Mulilo is one of the universities that uh, we will be working closely with so that uh, we are able to to develop this, uh, to have this training done locally in our country. Thank you. Thank you so much, Adjustus, for that answer. The last question I'm taking in this um, session, person is asking, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, somebody is like talking about uh, nuclear being a disaster, but I will take the question about considering the push for nuclear from Roberto, considering the push for uh, nuclear capacity that started last year, especially highlighted during COP28, what specific goals or achievements is nuclear aiming before the year 2030 or 2050? And then um, do justice to that question. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, I've already mentioned maybe uh, that we want to have the nuclear power plant up and running uh, by 2034. And therefore, the target is that uh, we should start construction by 2027. We need to be able to do the bidding in 2026. And therefore, some of the things that um, must be achieved in the short term is to ensure that uh, public participation and stakeholder engagement is enhanced. We want to have a conversation with as, as many Kenyans as possible and, and, and start engaging um, professionals who will support us in uh, preparation of documents. Uh, we are also, we've already, already undertaken reactor technology assessment and uh, to actually determine what, what kind of technology we'll be using and uh, also carry, carried out vendor readiness assessment to determine which vendors will, are actually, will actually be ready to work with us on this journey. But I've said, as we do this, we are actually focusing on the best interest of Kenya. The best interest of Kenya will override any other interest in the whole process. What will be good for Kenya is what we will go for in this uh, exercise. Thank you very much, Mr. Justus. And on this note, we will want to round off this session of the AfriNuke podcast. It has been an informative and very scintillating and educating session with you, Mr. Justus. can confidently say that Africa is proud to have such a great and um, highly erudite and resourceful person as yours. I want to say Asante Sana Umenena Viema. To everyone. Asante Sana. Yeah, thank you. And to everyone on this podcast, thank you for coming up. Hope that we can tune in some other time to have some session with some other very interesting and very resourceful people. Look up. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for having me and good day for everyone.